Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So it's going to be called, it's How to Bay Area. Cool. And it's going to be... I don't know how to Bay Area. Just if, who does yet, right? Like, I'm not from here. People there to me are a little weird. Hello and welcome once again to How to Bay Area, the show that tells you how to get stuff done here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I am Keith Manconi. And I'm Megan Goldsby. And today, on this Valentine's Day week, we are tackling a topic that is near and dear to every lonely heart out there, dating. That is right, Keith. We headed out into the Wild West dating scene this week to find the answer to one question, what is the state of dating in the Bay Area? And what we found when we started asking questions, that the state of dating is an unhappy state, unfortunately. Just that online dating is the worst. Um, it's, it's literally the worst ever. <laughs> you spend all of your money on Tuesday nights. You interview a dozen people. None of them go well. And you're like, oh, I'm right back where I started. It's complete trash. I'm over it. I'm tired. Yes. So where is all of this dissatisfaction coming from? And is there anything specific to the Bay itself that's making the already difficult task of finding love even harder? You know, it's not just a perception. According to 2016 census data for the San Francisco and San Jose regions, marriage rates for adults 18 to 49 fell about 6 percent from 2005 to 2016. Now just one in every four people here are married by the age of 30. And that's doubly weird because hypothetically... This is the land of online dating. This is where a lot of online dating companies come from. This is where tech is adopted early on. So hypothetically, if these are tools that are helping us find love, you would expect that we'd be doing better over time. So we're going to try to talk it out a little bit in the course of this episode, figure out what is going on here in the Bay Area, why there is so much dissatisfaction. Before we jump in, I mean, uh, a little bit about ourselves. Um, one of the reasons that we had to go out and interview people out there, d Bay Area daters, is uh, because both Megan and I are off the market. I uh, have a girlfriend myself. And I Megan. was just about to add, not together. Not together, <laughs> just to clarify, in case there was any question. I've had a boyfriend for two years, so I haven't dated in the past two years, but I was dating just so heavily before that. I was doing all of the dating. Something of a that. dating expert yourself, we could even say. You know, at least two years ago, it's interesting how quickly it changes. Mm. Things change so quickly that going out there and talking to people, some of the complaints were the same mm -hmm. as ones that I'd had. Others, it seemed, oh, wow, I'm glad I'm not doing that any longer because it's hard. <laughs> yeah, you, you, is your knowledge already out of date a little? I think I'm already out of date. I oh couldn't write gosh. a book. Couldn't write a book at this point. <laughs> if your memoir was written now, no one would read it because it's obsolete. It would be a but historical document. Exactly. You should still listen to this podcast all right. the way through the end. There's some good stuff here. There's some good stuff all the way through. And again, uh, a few words on the format. So we went out. We got your gripes. We heard you. We know what your top Bay Area dating concerns are. In just a moment, we're going to bring on some dating experts who are local to the Bay Area and are going to help us sort through... Where are these problems coming from and what can we fearless Bay Area daters do to uh, surmount them? So a lot coming up. Before we even get to that interview, though, to set the table a little bit, uh, I wanted to start with the perspective of a different kind of dating expert. Uh, rather than people that are in the industry or matchmakers or uh, consulting in dating, these are people that are more about learning by doing. So both Megan and I spoke to prolific daters in the Bay Area dating scene uh, to learn a little bit about what their experience reveals about what's wrong and what's right uh, in Bay Area dating. So let's uh, start with uh, David Rodwin, who is a performer who I spoke with. He first moved to San Francisco about four years ago. He told me that uh, he's racked up more than a few dating stories in his time here. So one of my craziest dates uh, was the number 119th woman uh, who I went out on a date with. Yes, you heard that right. 119th woman. Not 119 dates. Many dates that included 119 women. 
Uh, he says that he moved to San Francisco from L.A. after a difficult breakup. And when he got here, he had never used apps before. But, you know, he got here, he, he adopted the local culture, and he jumped into the online dating scene with both feet. Uh, and he says, you know, there's a lot of things coming from L.A. There's a lot of things about the dating culture here that are a little different. What happened was I, I became so fascinated with uh, uh, all the, the, the variety and diversity and unexpectedness of it uh, that I kept on trying to go out there. So I actually went on a hundred and I went on dates with 120 different people in two years. 122 years. Those are the stats to remember. I told you that, that we'd have some ex- experts on the show. It's got to be, I, I, you know, I know never do math on the radio, but how many people per month is that? That's we're looking at. Uh, fellow listeners, you can call in and, and help us solve <laughs> us, us radio types, solve this uh, simple math problem. Getting uh, back to David, uh, he says that there was a steep learning curve, you know, because San Francisco was so different and uh, jumping in. There was a lot to learn. You know, I would go on dates with people, and sometimes they would start off by saying, well, listen, I'm really not accustomed to going out with a guy. Uh, And I'm like, oh, so you usually date women. They're like, no, I usually date couples. I'm like, okay, I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, Thanks for taking a chance on just me. Bit of Bay Area culture shock that he had right there, which brings us back to the story that we all started with. Uh, Here's David telling us a little bit more about his 119th woman. Sounds so bad. (laughs) It was almost at the end of the two years, and we sat down, and before the first drink even arrived, in the first five minutes, she just laid it all out. She said, okay, just so you know, there are three things you need to know about me. I'm bi, I'm poly, I have a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend, my boyfriend just kicked me out, my girlfriend isn't speaking to me, and that's why I'm here with you. Number two, because that was just number one. Number two, I work in marijuana and you have to be totally cool with that because I'm going to turn it into the first billion dollar industry dominated by women. And number three, I love psychedelics and I drop acid every single week. And I was just thinking the entire time, only in San Francisco. And the funny thing is, my first reaction to her, I just looked at her and I said, I think we're going to be friends a very, very long time. And it's been over two years and we're actually still friends, even though we, we dated for just a month. So I think what he's talking about there is uh, it's safe to say here in San Francisco, there's a few more options on the dating menu than perhaps elsewhere. Uh, And he says, you know, referring to that dating story that he just told, he says in a lot of ways he really appreciated that conversation that he had. Well, that part of Bay Area dating I actually like in terms of people being really straight about what they're into and what they're up to. (laughs) Straight might not be the exact right (laughs) word to use for that one. but Straightforward. Straightforward is uh, I think what he was going for. But unfortunately, you know, kind of had a good time there. It's not all high highs in the SF dating scene. There's also some low lows. Uh, David told me that in his first year, he was really just in it for the experience, just trying to have a good time, meet as many people as he could. Second year, he was really looking for love. He was getting a little bit more serious, trying to find the one, settle down. And he said that search, in a lot of ways, was just a lot harder. Uh, And he says, uh, eventually, you know, when you've been trying that again and again, you're on date 119, whatever it may be, you start to get this fear that sneaks in that maybe it's never going to work out. It takes a lot of footwork and a lot of trying again and again and again until you finally find someone that you match with. And it can be exhausting. And there are moments while you're going through it all where sometimes maybe you think it's you or maybe you think it's the technology and you don't know how to make it better. And you can get through real moments of despair when you go through it like that. All right, so there we have our first gripe of the program already. It won't be the last. (laughs) We can promise you it will definitely not be the last. Uh, And uh, the reason that I wanted to play David for you, Megan, is just I feel like he reflects a couple of things. First of all, the fact that we really do have a little bit of a distinctive culture going on here. Uh, Again, more options on the menu. People are being a little bit more experimental. People are willing to try new things. Uh, But then also... The fact that you do have all these choices, the fact that you have all these tools, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be any easier for you. It can still be really tough. Right. That cheesecake uh, factory menu, it's so long, <laughs> it's hard to know exactly what you want. Sometimes you just sit there in the restaurant for hours, you never actually order. The answer is the jambalaya pasta. We have another guest, though, a <laughs> prolific dater, another prolific dater. But rather than moving to San Francisco and jumping in, she started in San Francisco and then kind of jumped back out. So I... 
have been in San Francisco for 11 years at this point. That is Mika Minx. She does event production, designs festivals, and blogs about dating. Of course, to do that, she also has to date a fair amount. And I absolutely love this city. It's amazing. It's everything to me. But there is a however. However, I discovered several years ago that although my life was flourishing, my dating life really was one of the only areas where I wasn't getting everything that I wanted, even with all the effort I was putting in. So I started experimenting in a variety of ways. She started recording the data about her dates and then, like many of us, started looking outside of San Francisco. I started exploring with going on dates when I was traveling. Armed with the dating app OkCupid, she managed to locate like-minded daters around the country and even around the world. And so I was like, oh, this is so cool. There's a bunch of guys in Boulder and Austin and New York and um, various places in Europe. And so when I was planning my travel, I was like, well, this is cool. I'll just go on all these dates in these locations. She calls them datecations. I like to say that I date certain cities. And she's fallen for a few of those cities. The last time I was talking about this, it was I was like, oh, my God, I'm so in love with Portland. And after this big breakup um, I had last year, I am so over Portland. And right now I'm like like obsessed with Brooklyn. It is just blowing my mind. I just got back from Brooklyn a couple days ago. So she's a prolific dater and that means she's in a good position to give us a little perspective on the Bay Area dating scene and she says it's not all positive. Oh, that's really interesting because she's been to these other cities around the country. She knows what dating's like there, so she has some perspective on what's weird about San Francisco. She's dated outside the bubble. <laughs> outside the San Francisco bubble. All right. And in her view here, we've let our convenience culture just go a bit too far, Keith. She says, we've already hacked ordering food, getting a ride somewhere, getting our laundry done. It's about convenience. It's about getting what you want as quickly as possible. If there's something that's better, they might just move towards that. This is all great for, say, ordering sushi, but she says the mentality has bled into our dating life as well. I mean, you know, how you do your life in one way is how you end up doing it in every way here. And so it's about like, oh, I want to do a bunch of dates. I want it to be convenient. Um, if it's not working, I can just easily get something else. It's not an issue. This mentality works for so many things. And, th and this is why San Francisco is thriving. And myself included, I love the convenience, the luxury, the uh, simplicity of my life here. And it just doesn't work so well if you're wanting deep human connection. So what city might we learn a thing or two from? Well, this nomadic dater says Portland may just be our polar opposite. They really value less technology, more interaction with the world, with nature. And because of that, going on a date is quite a different experience. In the Bay Area, it may be that people are really engaged with their technology throughout the whole experience of planning the date, on the date, what they're doing, they're fitting a lot in. And in Portland, it's, it's not like that at all. They take this date idea very seriously. They give you their full attention. And because of all of that, she keeps her San Francisco expectations relatively low. I just kind of like date San Francisco with the knowledge of the qualities that San Francisco is. And, um, and I don't expect San Francisco to be Brooklyn or to be Portland. You know, I expect to go out with a guy who is really overbooked, um, gonna be on his phone a lot of the date. You know, he'll, he'll do his best to plan a date with me, but you know, he probably has a few other girlfriends. He's thinks he's really into having relationships and connection, but there's really not much space in his life for that, let alone his mental capacity for that. And so I, I take all that into consideration when I date here. And, and um, you know, I have guys here. I date here because I'm here and I love dating. But um, I probably wouldn't, you know, take it that seriously as I would in another place, even though I don't live in another place. I got to tell you, Megan, after hearing all that, it is uh, it is making the dating situation sound a little bleak around here. It's making me want to check the uh, the flight prices for <laughs> up to Portland. It doesn't cost that much. It might be the same as a dinner out in San Francisco, honestly. That is probably <laughs> true. You might actually save money if you fly right. there and do your dating there. Right. Uh, but you shouldn't do that. Stay here and date. 
Stay here and date, because in just a moment, we're going to have uh, some fixes for you and some advice from folks that would know better about how to make the situation a little bit better than it is right now. So in order to find out more what it's like, we hit the streets, you and I. We got paid to bar hop, and we ran into several couples and people dating, uh, including one couple on their very I first can't date. Think of any, can't think of any complaints. Is that because the date's going well? It's going very well, yeah. It's their, like, literally first date. Yeah. And in our uh, dating reporting adventure, uh, I got to say, we also found an individual that in the course of being interviewed by you uh, also kind of hit on you, I think. Occupational hazard, Keith. (laughs) Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, my apartment's literally a block up the street. Oh, God, I love this neighborhood. Good work. Me too. How about you? Where do you live? It's tough being Megan Goldsby, (laughs) but it's even tougher being uh, many of the lonely hearts out there. Uh, And so without further ado, uh, here is our interview with some of those aforementioned dating experts, as promised. Here we go. First up, for some perspective on the online dating world, uh, let's welcome in Dawoon Kang. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of Coffee Meets Bagel, uh, which, for those who don't know, is a San Francisco-based dating site that I would say values quality over quantity when it comes to uh, the matches that it serves up. Uh, Dawoon, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. We've also got with us today Sasha Silberberg, San Francisco-based dating coach and matchmaker. You can learn more at OKSasha.com. She's going to help us up our dating game. Where were you two years ago when I was dating? (laughs) Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So we're going to open things up today with an observation from a guy that I met in downtown San Francisco uh, named Sugandit. Everything's going online, bro. It's going all right? It's going online. Oh, it's going online. It's going online. There's not uh, So we learned two things in that clip. First of all, I can't hear in bars. I have terrible hearing. <laughs> uh, second of all, though, uh, everything, as Sugandan says, is going online in the dating world. So Sugandan, he says, this is kind of a mixed blessing. There's not much this old connection like, okay, you saw somebody at the bar, there's a spark there, like she saw you, you saw her, like there was a glimpse there. So everything moving online, Dawood, I want to start out with you. Do you think that it's true that in the Bay Area, uh, online dating has become more pervasive than uh, other regions around the country, or are we about on par with what you might see elsewhere? We do see a much higher penetration when it comes to the Bay Area, um, at least on Coffee Meets Bagel, in terms of uh, when you look at the percentage of population that's actually participating in um, online dating slash on our app. So I would say the adoption rate in the Bay Area is much higher compared to the average. And what what do you think is behind that? Do you think it's just a matter of a lot, we're we're more used to using technology here in the Bay Area or uh, it's been around longer here? Why why would it be more uh, prevalent here than elsewhere? I think it's the former. It's just, you know, San Francisco, the Bay Area is a hub of technology, right? And one of the reasons why we actually decided to move to San Francisco versus, um, even though we originally started in New York City, and there are a lot more singles in New York City, is because uh, people in San Francisco are much more open to trying out new technology. And so it's much easier to um, you know, get people to try out new apps, new technology that you, you haven't really uh, heard of before. They're just early adopters. And Sasha, when, when people come to you looking for a match, are you hearing that they feel like the whole world of dating is online now, that it's all in apps? Definitely. Yeah. Most people, if not everybody who comes to me, they are really trying to find an alternative to online dating. Um, Most of them have tried it for who knows how long, six months, a year, several years, um, and they just haven't had success with it. Fun little side note before we move on, uh, Sugandan, the gentleman that I uh, met with in that bar, in the course of that interview, he actually also tried to convince me to uh, interview some lovely ladies at the bar that he was talking to. For whatever reason, uh, he thought that it would make his chances better with them. I'm not sure I fully understand that play. He tried to explain it to me. 
this is a random event and this is a good talking point like if you took her away then I could be like oh I was so nervous in that interview I don't know how online dating works because you know I don't do online dating do you do online dating oh you don't either or you do either how's your, your chances and you know like there's a story going on there so you're hoping this will give you guys something to talk about definitely I get it I, guess I don't know maybe, first, maybe so reporters are other people's ace in the hole and, <laughs> I, and we never knew it maybe I, they'd see him as a celebrity is oh, that could, could I... <laughs> so not everyone's move, uh, thrilled with this move online though we also talked to John now he's in his early 20s and works as a doorman and a bartender and we asked him how his dating life is going not that you look like you have any dating problems but be <laughs> <laughs> he says for him the worst thing about dating in the city is using those dating apps he does have a message for you guys like you guys act like you're making it easier for me but you're doing quite the opposite so his main complaint is when you only have that tiny little picture and maybe one sentence to make a case for yourself that he says the whole online dating culture becomes a little shallow I don't know I feel like it's so surface level now that it's if I don't have a funny pun or a professionally taken photo then my chances are more limited than they would be if I'm just like meeting up with somebody in a bar or a restaurant you know and having a more personal connection that way this is probably something you have heard before Dawoon what's your answer to that when people say how do you really get to know someone just using an app yeah no I completely agree with um, John's sentiment it feels shallow and what Whenever we interview our, uh, you know, potential users or users and ask, hey, like, what's the first word that comes to you when you think online dating? I think shallow actually is uh, up there and um, frustration and disappointment um, is also up there. And that is exactly uh, the sentiment that we're trying to change at Coffee Meets Bagel. And um, it, it's, it's, it's hard, like, when you... It, you know, with the rise of Tinder, you know, I think dating apps kind of has geared towards more volume-based, swipe-based um, kind of behavior, and which which can result in a lot of people just sitting there swiping hundreds of profiles and then connecting but not saying anything and ghosting. And um, that definitely makes dating harder. Mm. From the perspective of somebody who's designing a dating app, how can you encourage people to be more expressive of who they really are and share a little bit more and be a little bit more genuine on an app? Yeah, so the first thing that we're really known for that I think really helps us um, and our users consider each profile and each person more genuinely than um, other apps is that we actually curate a limited number of uh, people and so Coffee Meets Bagel is designed such that every day at noon, you get a selection of potential matches, which we call bagels. And it's not like you, you can sit there and swipe uh, swipe forever because you have like an unlimited pool of people that you can just do that to. And so um, because of that just limited quantity, people do tend to take more time actually reading and um, getting to know the person. And so, uh, and, and also our profile compared to other um, volume-based casual dating apps have more details. Um, and so it's not an essay that you have to read, but um, gives you a snippets of keywords that really kind of gives you a glimpse of the person's um, uh, personality and, and their values such that you have, you can kind of decide, oh, is this somebody that you, I, I want to get to know more? You're not going to know everything about this person. Um, so that when you connect, you can actually have something interesting to uh, converse with. Yeah. I guess kind of the last question that I want to put to you guys on this point, though, is going back to the uh, the original sense that our uh, Bay Area dating complainer uh, had in that was he was also saying that there's a way in which this kind of shallows things out. It makes things feel superficial if we are so hyper-concerned with marketing ourselves in this online way. Would you say that there is a way to engage with online dating that won't leave us feeling like we're just marketing ourselves and we're, we're, we're needing to think about ourselves in terms of the glitziest pictures and the catchiest slogans and all that? Uh, I guess, Sasha, I'll let you take this first. Yeah, I mean, I think that, so you have to remember you're talking to a matchmaker. So <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely, although I do certainly believe that online dating is a wonderful thing for some people and it does work great. Um, I am a, more of a fan of analog, you know, like in person. Um, and that's why I got into the matchmaking space. And I think that one of the big problems with online dating that has also just affected our culture at large is it's created this sense of, um, a, a tr or this notion of attraction being binary, 
And so what I mean by that is people, people think, and a lot of this, I think it has to do with this swiping culture where, um, you know, you're literally swiping yes or no. Right. So that's, that's where the binary is. Um, when it, the truth is that yes, sometimes you are attracted to somebody immediately or, uh, or you're not attracted to them immediately. But the thing is, before online dating or the internet came into being, people would meet via proximity and they would build attraction over time. So I think that that's one of the bigger problems with this, uh, with the more shallow, it, it making us more shallow because it's, it's making the way that we think about attraction more... it's just it's not it's not based in truth Darwin is there anything you want to say to add in there yeah well I I guess (laughs) because I'm a creator of a dating app uh, I come from a different position I don't think actually online dating is anything more fundamentally different than the way actually we have been meeting people from the dawn of time except that now distance actually isn't a factor which is awesome uh, because now you're not limited by that, and that gives you more option. But like, if you think about, I mean, w- some of the most common ways to meet people, well, you, you meet someone at a bar, well, you're basically instantly actually reading this person, and something about that, you don't really know anything about this person, but something about that person strikes your interest. And so now you're going to learn, um, get to know that person more, right? It's kind of the same thing in online dating, except you actually have more information um, than if you had some, come across somebody at a bar. And at that point, you can decide to get to know that person either more or or not. Um, and it's not it's not like you're deciding whether to you know enter a long term relationship with this person just based on profile. It's just a it's just an entry point almost that um, kind of gives you more information than um, if you actually met someone somebody at a bar. And so to me, it doesn't really. Um, I don't think there's anything sh- shallow about it. I-, I think the important thing is that, but to your point, like if you're actually trying to not really represent yourself and really thinking about just marketing, then I think it becomes an issue. And so one advice that I give to every user um, who sign up for CMB is that it's not, this is not a popularity contest, right? The, the goal is to not to get as many likes as possible. The goal is to get the right likes from somebody who's going to be potentially a great partner for you. So just uh, represent yourself as who you are. Not everyone's going to like you, and that's perfectly fine. Mm. And that That's really good advice. I like that. We want to move on to our, our next uh, complainer. I guess that's not a really nice way to phrase it, is it? Our next dater. <laughs> our, next dater our next dater who has a complaint. Who has a complaint is a much nicer way to phrase mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. we, we talked to Jeffrey, who's been here 11 years. He's... 36 years old, and he says that he likes all of the wide variety of options, but that there might be too many options for him. Yeah, because everyone's always looking for the next best thing. Basically, FOMO, the, the, the swiping culture that you were just talking about, going from person to person and not settling. Always having the fear of missing out on that person. Yeah, exactly. There are too many options. You date someone for two dates, then you're on an app, you see someone else, you're like, ooh, they're prettier. They're more attractive. They went to a better school. I want to date them, too. Do you think the Bay Area makes that worse? Yeah, it does. Pardon my French. No. What station am I on? <laughs> so, the grass is always greener, of course. Do you, do you think uh, that having all of these options, Damun, why don't you start having all these options? Can it make us uh, always want the next best thing? I, I definitely think so. I, I think that's the that's the problem that I, kind of, I was talking about with the swipe culture. Um, I, to be fair, though, like... I think you know dating has has probably felt difficult from like again dawn of time like I don't think dating has ever felt really easy for anyone pre online dating post online dating and um, the reason why uh, with online dating feels um, things have exacerbated is because if you actually were able to go on a date like once a month before online dating now you have a full control such that if you want to go on like two dates in a day you can do that which is really great because, again, it's in your control uh, and you have the option to be able to do that, whereas before you couldn't, it was impossible. But when you're actually going on that many dates, it, it feels exhausting, right? It, so so that, that, that sense of difficulty, I think, becomes like 10 times worse 
because of online dating and because you can go on as many dates as you you want. And so, uh, I mean, to that point, I would say, like, I again, another advice that I give our users is take a break, you know, like uh, pace it out. Don't ever feel obligated to be on it. If you kind of start feeling like uh, you're in a complaining mode, it's perfectly fine to take a break, spend time for yourself and with your friends and then get back on when you're in a when you're in a better place. That probably actually gives you better results anyway. I found you have to get really good at that phrase. Oh, remind me again where you went to college because you can mix a bunch of people up when you're dating a bunch of people at once. Uh, (laughs) Sasha, do you encourage people when you're matching them up to spend time focused on just the one person, maybe go on two or three dates? Or do you encourage people to have a few folks in rotation? Yeah. So when I show somebody, basically, whenever I have matches for someone, I'll show them two to three matches at a time and I'll give them a bunch of information on them so that they can make well-informed decisions. And then of course I, I talk to them about it. And I think hearing, hearing me directly talk about it and kind of, you know, they can hear the excitement in my voice and they can really um, get a sense for who that person is. Um, it's really interesting being a matchmaker in San Francisco, because and I think the the the, uh, the little clip that you just played where she was saying it's it's worse in the Bay Area. The Bay Area, I think, attracts a lot of maximizers. You know, we have some of the, the best talent, the best tech talent in the world. Um, you know, it's one of the most expensive cities. You have to be you know, pretty good at what you do to be able to live here. And people have pretty high standards for both themselves and for their partners. Um, so you see a lot of maximizers and people will, a lot of people, when they come to me at first, they'll, you know, some people will have a list of all of the different things that they're looking for. Um, and to some degree, I think that's good. I think it's good to know what you want. Um, but I always encourage people to be open Um, another trend that I see is when people go on first dates, a lot of times they're kind of looking for red flags, which I, I think that's going to make you more closed because the thing is, you're going to put somebody in the box that you create for them. You're going to fit them in that box. Um, so I think it's important to have awareness around that. That's a really good tip. All right. Well, you kind of brought up a few demographic issues for the Bay Area there. And uh, I think our next two questions are both going to take on the demographics uh, head on for the Bay Area. Uh, This is one that we hear about a lot. Let's start with the statistics. According to 2016 U.S. Census data, as reported in the Mercury News, for every 100 women in uh, the Bay in the San Francisco, San Jose region, there are 150 men. So, again, for every 100 women, 150 men. It's a little bit of an imbalance there. Here's one of our interviewees who put it a little bit more bluntly. There is a lot of guys. That's Kaylin speaking to us on her first date with Dan. When I go out in the Bay Area, there's like a lot of guys out. Tonight, the bar, I was like, oh, we need one more woman. And so I spotted you. The bar is almost all men tonight. I know. (laughs) No, and and what's funny is that's kind of how it is. Every time I go out, like any, especially in San Jose, I'm from San Jose. So anytime I go out with my girlfriends, it's like, Oh my gosh, there's nothing but men out tonight. That's pretty much how it is. So yeah, I feel like it might be a little easier for guys or maybe harder because there's less women. I'm not sure. So she's asking there if it's harder for guys. And according to our research, the verdict is yes, it is harder. The tech industry, unfortunately, is so predominantly male that um, being the heart of Silicon Valley. Here's the take from Marcus. He's a bouncer who works in San Jose who says, yes, it is very much harder. I mean, I mean... The, the, the LGBTQ community is thriving here. Uh, a lot of people are coming in, too, that are part of that community. Great thing, but uh, for straight males, you know, out there, it's really hard to date, you know? There's still a lot of competition? A lot of competition. Uh, you know, when you got, uh, you know, five or six alpha males, you know, trying to go after one female, it kind of kind of thins out the pool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... Dawoon, this is a complaint that uh, we've heard a lot in our research for this. The famous phrase from the perspective uh, of women is, you know, if you're a dating woman in the Bay Area, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. I'm sure you've heard that one. Uh, They also call San Jose Man Jose. 
Um, so I'm, and, and I think that you're the perfect person to take this on because uh, looking through some of the material about your app, you really made this app with some of these problems uh, in mind, wanting to help out women screen the, there's a lot more men on apps than women, and, and part of the idea is to help screen out some of the creepos. So what are your thoughts on how pervasive this problem is and, and how it's changing the dating scene here, just the fact that there are so many men? Yeah, well, for San Francisco, definitely the gender ratio is uh, lopsided. And, you know, when it comes to online dating, it's going to be even more so because um, just in terms of dating at participants, there's a lot, there are a lot more guys, you know, as a percentage of population participating in dating apps, and they're much more active. So you can kind of imagine it gets worse. And we do actually see slight uh, behavioral difference uh, for different cities when it comes to men and women, uh, depending on the gender ratio. And um, it's interesting for San Francisco, for example, we see that women on average like less, uh, le less people. So they're, they're slightly, you could say it's slightly pickier, I guess, um, than the national average versus, and then especially compared to a city like New York or DC, where there are actually a lot more women, the difference even becomes uh, greater. And then the opposite is, tr opposite is true for men in cities like New York and, and um, DC, where there are a lot more uh, women. Men actually, we see average uh, percentage of like uh, less than uh, compared to cities like San Francisco. So it's really interesting. And you think that that's just a matter of maybe supply and demand? The, the, the women have more options, so they're going to like fewer of the guys that they see? That is my theory. I, I think, I don't know if it explains everything, but I think it definitely could have impact. And I think, honestly, it doesn't really matter what the actual population split is. The perception, I think, of you know, San Jose being Men Jose, and there are a lot more guys than, uh, you know, women in the Bay Area. I think that having that perception is a very common perception. I think that really could influence. So, uh, Sasha, you know, we just heard that clip from Marcus right there. He's saying that his dating, he feels that his dating prospects are a little bit worse because he has more male competition. Do you hear that from uh, some of the people that you work with? And if so, what do you tell them? I hear that it's difficult on both sides. I think that men definitely you know especially with their online dating experience they see a lot of uh they get a lot of no's <laughs> and also just being out there there's a lot of yeah you know there's man jose there's all of these different <laughs> ideas around it being a lot of guys the thing is i think that what a lot of guys don't realize is that they can have more power than they think. And what I mean by that is I, one time I, I gave this, um, I gave this talk on intimacy and at the end of the talk, I asked the audience, um, well, particularly the women in the audience, when was the last time that you got asked out on a date? And <laughs> everybody pretty much it had been, you know, years since they had been asked out on a date in San Francisco. So I think that although it is perceived as difficult for guys, because, you know, there are a lot of guys, it's not, you can really make yourself stand out pretty easily by just asking women out. So the competition piece, I don't think is as relevant as people think it is. It's so simple, the answer. And <laughs> people are just, are just missing so it. It's so simple. <laughs> oh, how interesting. It's so simple. I talk to so many women who are just like, oh my God, if, if a guy asks me out, like I'll give him a chance, even if I'm not, you know, I'm not super attracted to him, just because it's so refreshing to get someone to just ask you out. I would imagine it's the same for men too, for, for a woman to ask out, that's, that would be super refreshing. Right, it shows they can really talk to you. Yeah, like people are just, you know, and I don't know, I imagine that online dating has certainly affected this. You know, people are fear vulnerability. They fear putting themselves out there. But the truth is that that's the very thing that's going to make you stand out and really give you an edge in the dating scene because people are craving vulnerability. And that's also what makes people build a closer connection. 
I have one more question and one more dater I want you guys to hear from. Um, Monet is 32 years old. She says that she's been dating in the city on and off for the last five years and that she feels like the city has really changed in that amount of time. Now, San Francisco seems to be the city that's perpetually changing, but we have heard that that complaint with pe- from people the past five to ten years. Um, here's Monet. Because tech has kind of just kind of taken over. She feels like that rise in tech means that the demographic of the people who live here has changed as well. So with that, you get a lot of younger employees, like your early 20s. And I get it. When you're in your 20s, you don't want to settle down. You don't want to you know, like do serious things. So I think that's what... Um, kind of change the time. She feels like a lot of people are, are kind of transplants. They've just popped in here and maybe they aren't even necessarily going to stay that long. No longer respecting the city, respecting the people who have been here for a very long time. And it's, it's easy to just pop in and pop out of people's lives. And so this goes to analog and online dating, of course. How do you recommend people navigate this? And of course, people means the people who are brand new, but the people who have been here quite some time who feel like the newer folks in town have changed things so much for them. Um, yeah, I can kind of see that this San Francisco is changing a lot. And, um, you know, I, th- I think with every change, it's it can feel daunting and um, and also uncomfortable. Um, I guess one thing that's good about San Francisco also is that there it is a big city. It is a big city with a lot of uh, different people. And with things like online dating, you do get access to people outside of your own social circle, which is awesome. So whether or not if they're a newcomer or somebody who has been here for a while, um, I think there is an opportunity to meet somebody who aligns with your own value um, because the pool is very big. Sasha, do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Are you are you hearing from any of the people that you work with? Just, I mean, I guess I guess what we we were uh, hearing in the clip ago a second ago is just a sense of alienation, just this sense that with uh, tech money flowing in, it's not the same world that we used to live in, and it it it's harder to relate to some of the people that we're meeting these days, just because so much has changed. Are, are you hearing that as well? Absolutely, yeah, I hear that a lot actually. Um, the tech culture and like, uh, the woman who was saying in the clip, it's a lot of young people coming in. Um, people, a lot of people don't really have this, um, you know, they don't want to settle down. They want to work on their startup, but people spend a lot of time working here. And there's kind of this notion of Peter Pan syndrome. Have you guys heard of that? Oh, Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I hear that all the time. <laughs> you know, when I talk to women, um, that's certainly something they complain about. And I also see a lot of ageism um, on behalf of men. Um, a lot of women who have tr- who are in like the 35 to 40, early 40s range, they have a lot of difficulty here because a lot of guys, there's there's something about the number 35 <laughs> in the culture that's kind of like, oh, like she's trying to have a baby, right? Um, so, and then there's a lot of just wanting to uh, find people that are actually going to have that similar mindset. Um, but the thing is, I think that although that is true, um, I, I agree with Dawoon in the sense that there, there's a lot of people who do want committed relationships. And although that is the wider perception that people are just kind of, you know, they don't want to settle down, you can definitely find it here. I got to tell you, I would never lie about my age because, you know, I work in news and it's wrong to lie. But when I was dating at 35, it was one of the most difficult things. And I was only 35. It just was that number. Like you said, things absolutely changed as far as online dating, especially. Well, so one thing that, um, you know, as a woman, I'm 36 um, and uh, I was dating up until last year. So I completely get kind of uh, what it is like to date in the 30s. I, I do have to say, though, like. And I'm not saying this because I run an online dating company, but like, I don't think, um, I think online dating and like the rise of technology really just helped uh, whether you're, you know, certain age, whether you're certain gender, sexual preference or whatever, just because you now have access to so many more people than you could have ever possibly imagined. um, it, It makes it easier because you have access to those people. 
Definitely did for me. That's mm. true, especially demographic-wise. I found my boyfriend about an hour from San Francisco, and I wouldn't have met him if it hadn't been for online dating apps. So Yeah, right? Okay, I have one more, one more question. How often do you have to tell people to remove the bathroom selfie <laughs> from... <laughs> And when I say people, we know I'm talking about guys here. <laughs> it's a scourge on society. The worst one is the fish. I I went to college in New Orleans, and I remember this was the big complaint that people had when they were going on the swiping apps. They would just see a, a bunch of guys holding up a fish, like a dead fish. Yes, <laughs> I've seen that. And the tiger. The tiger's pretty classic. What was surprising is that when I we've actually interviewed a few people, like you know, who took bathroom selfies and whatnot, I was like, why are you, why are you putting this up? Like, you can't possibly think that this is a good photo, right? right. But they actually did. And so okay. they, there was no awareness that bathroom selfie actually isn't like the best photo to put out there. They actually thought it was a really great photo. So I think there needs to be more education around the, uh, around this fact. Exactly. We need totally. people like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last, last question. I promise. What, what would you say is the number one most overused Bay Area online dating photo? Is there like a Bay Area trope that just needs to die right now? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. I want to jump in with Museum of Ice Cream uh, Dude, sprinkle pool for real, selfies. <laughs> for real. I was so confused when I started seeing that photo everywhere. I was like, where is this place? Right. <laughs> this magical land. Museum of Ice Cream. I have one up. I yeah. mean, I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But... Full disclosure. Yeah, I see a lot of Dolores Park. But I don't think that's actually bad. Like, that, I think that's good. <laughs> Shows your social, you're out there. It's fine to rep Dolores Park, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Burning Man photos or, like, DJing is a big one. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good call. <laughs> okay, well, take note. Yeah. Take note, everyone listening at home. This is probably the most actionable advice you're going to get all day <laughs> on this program. All right, well, uh, it's just been... Great talking to both of you. Uh, once again, we have been speaking there to Dawoon Kong. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of Coffee Meets Bagel. And uh, we were also speaking there to Sasha Silberberg, who once again is a San Francisco-based dating coach and matchmaker. Uh, you can learn more about her work at OKSasha.com. Uh, so yeah, again, thank you guys so much. Great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I've been looking for someone like you And you've been looking for somebody too But all I want from you is not what you want from me I like music, love and romance A walk in the moonlight, a kiss and a dance But all I get from you is pain and dishonesty all right, so Megan, after having that conversation with uh, Dawoon and Sasha, do we feel better or worse about uh, the Bay Area dating sitch? I feel good about it. I think that it was really interesting to see a matchmaker versus online, see mm -hmm. the differences there. There's, I mean, there's a way to go for each and every mm -hmm. person. No excuses. Yeah, I think that they both have their philosophy, and mm -hmm. uh, there's probably a way to make it happen uh, either way you go. We should also say... If anybody is walking away from this feeling a little bit gloomy about their prospects, I want to bring it back to some of the folks that we heard from at the beginning of the program, because their stories do end well. They do have some nice things to say about the Bay Area. It's not all negative. If you remember David Rodwin from earlier in the program, well, you know, as we heard, he did take a very circuitous route to love 120 women in the mix there over the course of two years, as we said. But spoiler alert, he did find love eventually. So, you know, you, you, you get there eventually. I think I went on one of those dates with him, actually, now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've just gone on so many yourself. You forgot, it's, too. It's confusing. You just David, both David forgot David something. It. David, David <laughs> what, what, which David was that? And the, the, the funny thing about it is, you know, given how long David had to go through his long march of dating, if you look back just one generation, his mom and dad met in a much simpler way, I would say. They happened to live in the same town, but my mom was filling in for a nurse at, at my grandfather's doctor's office, and my dad had allergies, and he came in and he needed to get a shot for his allergies. Um, so the very first time my mom met my dad, he had to pull down his pants and she gave him a shot in the butt, and it's been the same ever since. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's a good dating origin story. Do you feel jealous at all that the path was maybe so much simpler back then? 
It's funny, I think about that, you know, uh, if I had been born a generation earlier, I probably would have ended up with, you know, the the girl I dated in college, um, and in some ways that would have been fantastic, but uh, we just live in different worlds, and uh, the girl I dated in college uh, went off to China, and she still lives there now, and she met someone amazing there. We live in a very different kind of world, a global world where people meet uh, all over the place in all different kinds of ways. The only thing that's actually uh, been a wonderful surprise is that the few of my friends who did actually meet in college and get married when they were 21 years old, all three of those couples are still together today. So it doesn't mean that online dating is better or worse, it's just different. So that's a little bit of an uplifting note to end the David Rodwin story on. And I've got a silver lining too, Keith. Mika has her reservations about dating in the Bay Area, but she says there's a big positive for her here as well. I just love the Bay Area. I just feel like I'm just married to San Francisco and it's just a lifelong commitment of happiness. And so she says dating in the Bay for all of its frustrations can also be a relief. Because because I've been, I'm such a California girl, as I learn when I go to other places, um, dating in the Bay is an experience where I feel like I can be a little bit more myself and I don't feel like I need to watch my behaviors. For example, in Portland, they just scoff at me if I even put my cell phone on the table um, and then go on to a rant about technology or something, which is just exhausting because, you know, I, for a variety of reasons, I, I like being uh, engaged with my phone sometimes. For me, it's, it just allows me to be a little bit more of myself and be and have some of the qualities that I have as a Bay Area person. You know, it's true in a sense, when you, when you go travel somewhere else, you never realize how much a product you are of your hometown. That's so true. You see it with brand new eyes when you get back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so... I guess uh, we're going to have to close out the program there. For all of us uh, phone-addicted Bay Area daters out there, (laughs) uh, I I hope that you all found something useful in this program. I I think that I certainly did. Uh, Lots of interesting information there. If you want to learn more about our guests, uh, again, we were hearing a moment ago from David Rodwin. He is a performer, and he has a show that is actually performing in San Francisco right now. It is called F Tinder. That is the censored version of the name. <laughs> the tagline is, I live my life as a tragedy so my audience can enjoy it as a comedy. We do... <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. He's, he's doing God's work. Um, you can find tickets at f-tinder.com running through March 2nd. And Mika Minx does event production. You can find a blog about her dating life at MikaMinx.com. All right, so even more good information out there waiting for you. That is going to do it for this edition of How To Bay Area, which is a production of KCBS. I am Keith Manconi. I'm Megan Goldsby. And we will see you next time. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> can I do that? That's funny. That's really funny. I like that. I think yeah. it's a little tricky. Yeah. I, can, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. That sucks. So. Well, you're a super nice guy. You're definitely going to find someone super Thank soon. you. Thank you, guys. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 